Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. Well, a very good Saturday morning to you. It is Drive Time Radio. I'm New York Vinny, and for the next hour, we will be talking cars because that's kind of what appropriately fits in with the name Drive Time Radio. Lots of stuff going on in the car world. Uh, this week, many things going on in the car world this week that you should know about. We will uh, try to get to all of them in uh, this one hour, just under one hour that we spend together every Saturday morning. And of course, as always, I thank you for being here. I know you got a lot of things to do and always enjoy it when you uh, tune your radio dial to 1150 KKNW and uh, beam us in all over the Northwest. And uh, yeah, very, uh, very interesting week in the automotive world. You know, I, I, <laughs> it, was a, it was an interesting week for me because I had oral surgery. If you remember last week, I was you know, talking about uh, how my, my face was blown up. And anyway, uh, to make a long story really short, I had to have surgery on Monday uh, in my mouth. It's amazing to me that I'm even talking to you right now. But I am. And I am, uh, you know, thankful to the, uh, the surgeons, uh, the people at, uh, at Swedish who got me uh, back up and running so fast uh, when one of them recognized who I was. Uh, she said to me, uh, you know, I could do the world of public service here and just not let you, you know, make it so you can't talk for a little while. And I said, well, you know, that would kind of put me out of business. Well, not really, but then I thought about it. Not really. I guess I could still write, uh, but I don't know. My my method of communication with people is so much more um, orally, uh, so much more. I, I don't know that I always come off in my writing as I do in real life. So I begged her not to uh, not to do that to me, and to please uh, do me a favor and fix this thing right so I can get back here on Saturday morning and talk to you. And so here we are. Uh, this has been a, a really um, crazy week in the automotive world for a couple of reasons. The number one reason is, and we're going to go into this in the next, um, the next segment, but factories are closing inventory on dealer lots is shrinking uh, the price of a new car is going through the roof and right now is probably the worst time in our history since world war ii to try to buy a car and the only reason it was worse in world war ii is because they weren't making cars in 1942, I mean, I think there's a few 1942 models roaming around, but from 42 to 46, all of the production in American automotive factories was geared toward the war, uh, World War II. I should mention which war because we've had a, quite a few of them since then. So, but this computer chip shortage is knocking the automakers for a loop. Some of the things that you see uh, is, are incredible uh, as far as, you know, I mean, it's not just one chip that goes into a car. You're talking about thousands of chips that, you know, control everything in a new vehicle. So we'll talk about that in the next section. What I wanted to do uh, this morning, though, in our first segment together, uh, first of all, is say good morning to our uh, producer uh, and show manager and man who makes everything work so wonderfully, Nathan. Nathan, good morning. How are you, Nathan? The Hello, good morning, Vinny. Doing well. Good, good, good. How, how was your week, pal? Oh, not too bad. Uh, rolled my ankle a little bit in softball, but that was something that wasn't really too bad, able to get through just fine. And, of course, uh, put some Rain-X on my car. It's getting windy. Not windy. Well, a little bit windy out there, but rainy out there. And, boy, does that stuff work wonders. Yes, it, um, 
Wow, man. I, I mean, it, I'm looking out the door here. You know, I have this door that opens out into the, the back here. And, and as I look at it, it feels like it's like November 3rd. Right. It's just like Florida when the afternoon happens and all that rain just starts pouring down after it was sunny. And then after the rain finishes, it becomes sunny again. Yeah, one of my um, one of my good friends is coming back. He's been in Florida for I don't know, maybe what now, two weeks mm-hmm. on business, and he's coming back today. And uh, boy, I tell you, when he gets off the plane, he's going to get a little slap in the face. Oh well, yeah, he's not thoughts. This would not be so good. Um, well, good. I'm glad you had a good week. I'm glad you, you uh, your ankle is okay, and I'm glad that uh, the Rain-X works good because, you know, sometimes you see those chemicals and things, and they're not uh, they're not all that they're cracked up to be. But I happen to know Rain-X and know that it's a good product, so I'm glad that uh, you know that you uh, that you put it on and it's working well. I mean, they should sell a ton of that stuff in the Northwest. You would think, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I put it on as much as I can. Once it starts wearing off, I just put a new coat on and it really does like what it says. You know, it's like the weather or rain just disappears because you don't even need to turn on your windshield wipers, even if it's a torrential downpour. If as long as you're going highway speeds, of course. Right. The, the, the water just slides off. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's interesting because. I think that because of this weather, you're going to see people. Um, and listen, I think this weather is good because uh, with the fire danger and everything, this is pretty much going to get us, I think, out of it. Uh, you know, in in many places, I don't know how far east this whole front is going, but hopefully, it will uh, you know help to uh, mitigate the fire danger in the uh, eastern part of the state, or at least in uh, the central part of the state. But it also triggers off that um, that thing that happens in car people's minds uh, that says if I'm driving a classic car or a collector car or something like that, it's time to winterize. It's time to get ready to put it away. It's time to get the car cover out of the garage and, you know, uh, uh, get the bugs out from under it, and the cobwebs and everything so that the you know, so that you can put it away, put some antifreeze in and check everything. And even if you have a regular car and you're going to football games and things like that, because as we know, this stuff here can turn into snow when you're going through the past. If you're going out to Pullman uh, to a football game or coming in this way from to go to a Seahawk game tomorrow, their home opener, you, um, you know, you can wind up wanting to get your car done early so that's something to think about as well because uh, the passes can be tricky uh this time of year um i wanted to uh, finish up something from last week and we had john vincent on last week the president of northwest um um automotive press association and we had our big mud fest uh down at the ridge motorsports park and uh, it was a spectacular event but we couldn't last week when we spoke release the winners of this fierce competition among many vehicles to become the Northwest Outdoor Activity Vehicle of the Year. I'm glad that they call it the Outdoor Activity Vehicle of the Year because I would hate to think that people are doing indoor activities with their vehicles. But anyway, um, several classes here. And congratulations to the winners um, of this uh, of this contest. We really do take this uh, competition seriously as we rate these cars. We know the people in the Northwest look at these um, look at the, at this stuff and and you know sometimes use it not maybe to judge whether they should buy that particular car or not, but to get more information about that car. Some, I'm sure, actually do say, oh, well, if they like it at the Noapa, it's been tested. And we do. We put them through rigorous tests, a road course, uh, a uh, off-road extreme course that tells you what's good and what's bad. 
And um, again, I, I think I mentioned this last week, but I will mention it again. If you are thinking of, you know, for everything that we say about the Mazda, um, uh, the, the little Mazda SUV, the 3.0, uh, uh, as good as it is on the road, it was probably the least, the least um, great vehicle off-road. So my advice would be if you're looking to buy a vehicle that will take you off road uh, and you plan to do anything more than just uh, a forest road, uh, you'd stay away from the Mazda. Other than that, a great vehicle. Uh, we love the Mazda on this show. But as far as, <coughs> excuse me, as far as, uh, off-road ability, it, it probably came in dead last. I don't know if anybody checked it off on uh, their list. All right, let me give you the winners here. Uh, as uh, subcompact and compact, the 2021 RAV4 Prime XSE all-wheel drive was the winner. Uh, I'm going to tell you that this vehicle is probably the best compact SUV that you can buy out there if you can get one and I wouldn't count on it right now unfortunately between the chip shortage and Toyota underestimating the demand for these vehicles just in and this is a hybrid plug-in hybrid vehicle but just in the demand in they only sell them in California uh, Oregon and Washington right now, I believe. And I think one state back east, my, maybe New York, I forget now. Um, just can't get them. But it, it was head and shoulders above everything else. The runner-up was the Hyundai Tucson Limited All-Wheel Drive. In mid and full-size family, the Jeep Wrangler Unlimited Rubicon 392. Now, this thing was a beast. A great vehicle. A ton of fun, but unless you are into extreme sports and own a gas station, this is not the vehicle for you. <laughs> and you know, it's one of those vehicles that if you got a lot of money, because I mean, it's the 392 Hemi and I mean, it, it's loud and it's brash and it's, you know, if you're, if you're 30 years old and you got a ton of money and you want to, you know, take this thing up into the woods on a weekend and, and, you know, have at it and, and it'll go over just about anything. And it's loud, you know, it's coming and everybody's looking at this thing. Everybody, when people are lining up to drive it, I mean, truly a spectacular um, accomplishment of automotive engineering. But again, not practical for most people. But if you're in that, that, that market that wants something that can do 120 miles an hour off-road, this is the vehicle. For you, the runner-up was the 2021 Ford Bronco, uh, the advanced Badlands 4x4. I was very impressed with the Bronco. I know they're having problems with them. Uh, but the Bronco really, um, I don't know, uh, it, it just was a, a, a fine vehicle. It worked on so many levels. I'm surprised it actually didn't win this territory, but there was a love affair going on with the Wrangler Unlimited. In compact and midsize, um, the Genesis GV70 all-wheel drive 3.5T Sport Prestige, Prestige was the clear winner in this category. It went over hill, over dale, uh, was luxurious, uh, was a spectacular car. I haven't driven a Genesis that I that was has not been spectacular, and it's just uh, Hyundai, who who was uh, the parent company of Genesis, has done a great job at building a luxury. And this was a luxury car that would take you over hill and over dale to grandmother's house in style. The runner-up was the 2021 Mercedes-Benz GLB 250 Formatic. Another vehicle that did what it was built to do. Took you in moderate off-road conditions and some extreme conditions. This one did really well on the log bridge that we built. We built a log bridge that you can go up on and go over 
and it really did a nice job on that. Full-size luxury, the 2022 Jeep Wagoneer Series 2 4x4 was the winner. Um, spectacular vehicle. The Jeep Wagoneer, uh, they've revived this nameplate, put it on this vehicle. This is a you know full-size SUV that competes with the uh, Lincolns and the Cadillacs, and it is a spectacular vehicle. It, uh, again, does everything you want it to. Uh, the Cadillac Escalade, which shocked me, surprised me on how good it was off-road, uh, came in second in this competition. If you don't want to, if you want, if you've had this dream of driving your living room uh, through the uh, through the uh, mountains off road, uh, the Cadillac Escalade is the car for you. Uh, a spectacular car, a wonderful accomplishment for uh, General Motors. Uh, a little too soft for me. It, you know, I had a white interior, and I was sitting there thinking to myself, "Who in the world?" would go out, you know, uh, off-roading, get dirty, get money to get to this car. I mean, I could imagine my mother standing there to take off all your clothes before you get to the Escalade. Uh, pickup trucks, the clear winner here was the 2022 Hyundai Santa Cruz Limited. We talked about it last week. We'll review it this week. It was a, uh, it's, it's a new, it's an old class of vehicle. It has been revived by Hyundai, and I think you're going to see a lot more of this class of small pickup trucks. Uh, America needs smaller pickup trucks. And so leave it to the Koreans to build them. Uh, the runner-up in this, in this uh, category was the Ram 1500 TRX Crew Cab 4x4 Extreme Capability. What, an, uh, uh, what, a, what a vehicle. This TRX was the, the sound. I mean, again, it's like the Rubicon. How fast can we make our pickup truck go? And that's what the uh, and that's exactly what the 1500 TRX is. Not good on gas. Spectacular off road, and you don't need a radio in this thing. All you do is just drive it and listen to the exhaust note. And that one came up uh, number and for extreme capability. The 2022 Jeep Wrangler Unlimited Rubicon 392 took that one. The runner-up was the Bronco. And the Northwest Outdoor Activity Vehicle of the Year is the Genesis GV70. 3.5T Sport Prestige. The Hyundai Santa Cruz won the runner-up in that category. So congratulations to Genesis. Congratulations to Hyundai. One and the same. But uh, they came looking for the award, and uh, they certainly won it. The GV70, again, the Genesis all-wheel drive, a great luxury vehicle. Um, it's, you know, it's a pricey vehicle, but for what you get and what it does and how it moves seamlessly between the two worlds of off-road gives you some off-road capability, some decent off-road capability. And goes back to being a luxury vehicle uh, that you can throw your golf clubs in the back of and feel proud pulling up to the, uh, you know, to the to the door at the country club or the driving range. Uh, this vehicle uh, turns the trick. And as far as the Santa Cruz, again, vehicle turns the trick, man. Uh, it does everything that it is supposed to do. It does everything a small pickup is supposed to do. And it does it with a little panache. It's a very good-looking vehicle. So congratulations to Hyundai. Congratulations to Genesis. And uh, congratulations to everybody uh, from the Nawapa that showed up at our 26th annual Mudfest. Um, it was a, a, a great event, limited uh, in many ways by COVID, maybe not the manufacturer participation that we would have liked to see. Uh, but again, it's a year where budgets are being slashed in the automotive business. Uh, we will talk about that when we come back. It is uh, Drive Time Radio. I'm New York Vinny, and this is, of course, 1150 KKNW. Ladies and gentlemen, James Dean. Hi, Jimmy. Hi, again. We asked Jimmy over today because he's a racing man himself. A real one, not a crazy one. 
Incidentally, I think I should explain that Jimmy just stepped over from the set of Giant. And need I add, he plays a Texan. Speaking of racing, have you ever been in a drag race? Are you kidding me? I just thought I'd ask. No, Jim races in the tradition, you might say. Real racing cars, real tracks. How fast will your car go? Oh, an honest miles an hour. Clocked, it run about 106, 7. You've won a few races, haven't you? Oh, one or two. Where? Well, I showed pretty good at Palm Springs. I ran a Bakersfield. Jimmy. We probably have a great many young people watching our show tonight, and for their benefit, I'd like your opinion about fast driving on the highway. Do you think it's a good idea? A good point. I, uh, I used to fly around quite a bit, you know. I took a lot of unnecessary chances on the highways. And I started racing, and, uh, and now I drive on the highways, and I'm uh, extra cautious. Because uh, no one knows what they're doing half the time. You don't know what this guy's going to do with that one. On a track, there are a lot of men who spend a lot of time developing rules and uh, ways of safety. And uh, I find myself being very cautious on the highway. I don't have the urge to, to speed on the highway. People say racing is dangerous, but I'll take my chances on the track any day than on a highway. Well, Gig, I think I'd better take off. Oh, wait a minute, Jimmy. Um, one more question. Do you have any special advice for the young people who drive? Take it easy driving. The life you might save might be mine. <laughs> talk radio for the heart and soul. Alternative Talk 1150. Back with me on Drive Time. Excuse me. New York video here with you on a Saturday morning. Windy and rainy out there. Uh, dress appropriately and accordingly if you're going out uh, to uh, to do your daily activities on a Saturday. If you're going golf and you hit that golf ball in Maron, it's going to go. <laughs> It'll go up, but it may go slight right on you a little bit, depending on which, where you are on the course. Anyway, um, let's uh, let's do uh, Nathan um, uh, ask the magical question, which I love to answer every week. Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? Oh, what you, Nathan, I can't believe you asked me that question. I'm always well, here for it. Yeah, I know. You're, 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 I think you, you're, your finger just sits on that button ready to go. Just it? eagerly waiting. That's why you're Nathan, a producer, babe. You are, you are prepared as any producer I've ever worked with. And, that's a, and I've worked with some great producers. And you, um, you are as prepared as anybody so you asked the question what am i driving this week let me tell you that i'm driving the lexus ux 200 what is the ux 200 you ask it's a lexus that is this it's a well let's see they want to call it a compact suv i want to call it a hatchback you tell me uh when you look at it when i post pictures online what you think it is i think it's a hatchback um it is an entry-level Lexus is designed to get you from Toyota into Lexus, which is, you know, uh, the car manufacturers, especially, uh, you know, are using the tricks that the American manufacturers used in the 50s. You know, you go from a, uh, a Chevrolet to a, a Buick to a Cadillac, you know, or a Chevrolet or a Pontiac to a, um, uh, you know, an Oldsmobile to a Cadillac. You aspire to the Next one, and I think that um, you know the marketing ploy with um, Toyota and Lexus is that we build Lexus. It's a luxury car. We like to get our people from uh, Toyota into Lexus. Part of that problem is that the Toyotas are so damn good. Not that the Lexuses aren't, but the Toyotas are so good that it's hard to get people out of. It really is a, a kind of a challenge, but the UX 200, uh, a, a you know, I'm going to call it a small. I'm going to go with uh, what they say a small crossover. Um, is uh, is surprisingly spacious for the size inside, and surprisingly agile. Although it's got a very noisy motor. I mean, when you hit the motor in this, when you hit the gas in this thing uh, on the freeway. 
when uh, that opportunity presents itself, it, it makes a little bit of noise, maybe more noise than you're used to uh, coming out of a luxury car. And so uh, Lexus may have to address that at some point. Uh, but for the, uh, you know, the kind of roaming around town that you do, you know, the back seats uh, fold down, you get a lot of space, you can fit a lot of stuff in there. Uh, back seat room is not voluminous, uh, but it is uh, enough to, uh, you know, for a couple of uh, young adults that uh, want to take a trip. There's enough space back there. Uh, more and more as I watch YouTube these days to see the uh, RV life people. I also say that there's, there's enough room to sleep in there. So if you got out of ocean shores and you decide you want to sleep on the beach for the night, have at it. Have fun. Be safe. Believe me, be safe out there. So uh, the UX 200 is um, a good entry-level Lexus. Uh, I don't think it gives you a fair taste of what Lexus is really all about. I think there's much more, but uh, the interior has a, a luxury factor to it. It makes you feel, um, you know, I don't know if you're like me, but when you get into a car, that's a luxury car. When I climb into the Escalade, when I climb into the Genesis, uh, I'm trying to think of other cars. When I climb into the Lincoln, uh, you know, the Aviator or the, uh, you know, the Nautilus or, or one of those, I always feel important. There's a, there's a, a sense of feeling, even, you know, of taking an average person and making them feel a little bit more important, a little more pampered, uh, a little more like you've put on a really nice suit or dress or whatever, you know, whichever way you go. Um, and that's what getting into a nice luxury car always does for me. It makes me feel important. It makes me feel that I want to, you know, it's not just um, a utilitarian vehicle. It's a, and it's not just a vehicle that makes a statement to uh, outside people, but it's a statement for yourself. It's the difference between um, fake wood paneling in your den and going out and buying the real stuff. Uh, it's the difference between you know, ordering a, a well drink or top shelf. You know, you, you can accomplish what you're looking to accomplish with both, but there's a certain feeling that you get from doing the, uh, you know, fr from, I don't know, from getting into the, um, to that car, into that luxury. And it, the Lexus does that in all their vehicles. Even this $35,000 and change uh, small crossover. When you get in there, you feel a certain sense of luxury. And, you know, to pack that into a 35 grand car, I think is, is not a bad thing. You get a taste, uh, you know, this is a car that people aspire to. It has to be better than the Toyota counterpart. It has to be better than um, and make you and give you that feeling when you get inside it. There's a smell, there's a whole, you know, this is what I'm driving is 2,000 miles on it. It's just there's something about it that when you get in there um, and close the door and the door closes with that resounding thud instead of the clunk uh, that you get out of some cars. It just, uh, it gives you a feeling of security, safety, and um, otherworldliness. It takes you away. You know, I used to laugh at, there was a Lincoln commercial. I don't know if you've seen it, where the people walk into the house, or the woman walks into the house, and the kids are running around, and the water's boiling over and everything. And it just goes back outside into the Lincoln, turns the stereo and the massaging seats on, and, you know, she's taken away to another world. You know, the... Um, the modern day car, I think, is that for many people. It's that space where you feel like you're getting away from it all. And that's what a luxury car, that's what a step above, that's what the interior 
is designed to do. And the, and the Lexus in this $35,000 car does that quite well. Um, does it in a way that, uh, that makes you feel when you drive that car out off of the dealer lot that uh, you, you felt like you're, you're doing something. You felt like you made, made it a little bit. Even if you're buying a $35,000 one, Lexus has built that into the interior of this vehicle. And I think that that's an important thing these days. I think people, when, when car shopping gets back to normal or what will be normal, we're going to talk about it in the weeks to come because I think there's a radical um, change coming in car shopping from everything that I can see from all the indicators that I can see. But that's something we'll talk about in the future because right now uh, car shopping involves, uh, you know, bring your defibrillator with you. Uh, when you see what some of these dealers are charging over sticker price, it's amazing. Uh, but there are no cars, and this is a uh, this is um, you know this is a supply and demand economy. So you get what you can get, right? As long as you're not gouging people. All right, take a quick break here. Come back with our cartoons. Talk a little bit about. Uh, the situation in buying cars right now and what it's going to take to get you into a car and um, some other important stuff. And we'll also uh, look back in our road test at the uh, Hyundai Santa Cruz, which um, I has, think has a clear shot for the uh, Vinny Award as the top car I did not want to give back. We'll have that when we come back here on Drive Time Radio. Ever look inside a drop of gasoline? We do at Tidewater again and again, splitting the tiniest of drops even smaller and smaller and smaller. Then we check the balance of molecules to learn all that science can learn. All to make Flying A the most advanced gasoline of today and for tomorrow. From other Tidewater research programs come new ways to bring your car a longer engine life with lubricants designed to protect under all conditions in any climate. That's why Vidal motor oils are so widely used in 82 countries around the world. And Tidewater research also brings you greater safety with the remarkable new Flying A safety ride tire. First with the revolutionary Dynapol tread. New safety ride tires take extreme punishment with an extra margin of safety. Watch. At 50 miles per hour, these Flying A tires on the left stop 39 feet safer than other premium tires. New gasolines developed in Tidewater laboratories have to prove themselves under the widest range of driving conditions. They're tested for winter driving high in the mountains, tested for summer heat out on the desert, tested for start and stop driving too. Tested and tested to make sure Flying A gasoline puts more action in your car wherever you drive. This research is just part of Tidewater's one and a quarter billion dollar investment for your car. And here's where it all pays off for you. In finer products and better service at your Flying A dealer. Drive in at Tidewater's sign of quality, Flying A. Alternative Talk, 1150. There you go. Well, Saturday morning action for you here on Drive Time Radio. I love that uh, the, com- the music they use in the background of that uh, uh, Tidewater Flying A uh, commercial. It just it has that um, authoritarian driver's ed. In I mean, I don't know what they show in driver's ed these days, uh, but <clears throat> we used to get things like Blood Alley. And uh, this could be you. And, you know, and they were shown and they had the California Highway Patrol film of the. um, You know, I can never forget this. I used to work uh, many, many years ago, many, 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 many years ago as an insurance appraiser, adjuster, uh, going out and looking at wrecks. And um, at at this one office I worked at or work out of. Uh, they used to get the Highway Patrol magazine. California Highway Patrol put out a magazine. And the centerfold of the magazine 
I shouldn't laugh at this, but the centerfold of the magazine was uh, pictures that the Highway Patrol had taken at fatal wrecks. But these pictures were all taken before the bodies were removed. So you, you couldn't do this today because they'd have to blur everything out. But so you had, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I, to this day, I, I see this one image of this guy who was decapitated in this wreck. He must have been going about 120 miles an hour and hit a, hit a fence or something. And the dashboard just came up and literally decapitated him, took his head off. And they took a shot of the guy's body is slumped over in the front seat with the steering wheel jammed up close to him. And there's no head on the body. And the head is laying in the, in, on the back shelf of the car. And I was, uh, and I mean, I was like, did, I, you know, do these guys go and read this stuff at night? I mean, is this what, oh, honey, is my, my, uh, has my copy of Highway Patrol come in yet, or California Highway Patrolman? Has that come in yet, so I can open up that centerfold? You know, I mean, I, I don't know which was more pornographic. I mean, the uh, <laughs> the picture of the guy's head on the back shelf of the car, or uh, you know, the centerfold of uh, of Playboy. I, guess. I mean, you're they're both objectifying people, aren't they? Anyway. Um, I digress here. It's my sister always says, my, my beautiful sister, Marianne, always says, I digress. Um, let's talk about the car shortage right now. If you're out there trying to buy a, use, a new car right now, well, a used car too, but especially a new car, uh, you're going through, I mean, you, you're holding your chest, man. Uh, you look at dealer lots, there's not a lot of inventory. I think inventory, I read this week, was down to in the 20s, 20% where usually it's up 100% or, you know, depending on the car, um, there are some cars being built. But now what you're seeing is some of the features that they advertise. And you gotta, you're going to have to check this out when you go to buy a car, if you're still crazy enough to want to buy a car in this environment. If you need to buy that new car um, and you find somebody who's not going to soak you for it, you have to make sure now that all the features are on the cost. Because what some of the manufacturers are doing is they're saying, well, you know, we can only assign so many chips to this car. So maybe the massaging seats are not going to, you know, we're not going to chip those. We're going to use that chip elsewhere. Or, or this feature. Now, I, I'm pretty sure that they're not going to mess with any of the safety features, but some of the convenience features that we now see in cars that are controlled by chips, when you go to buy that car, may not be there. And I would definitely make sure that the car is built as advertised. Again, I don't think that uh, you know, I think that uh, most scrupulous dealers are going to tell you, well, this car doesn't have this, this car doesn't have that, this car doesn't have this, because that's what, you know, because there's enough information out there from people like me and, and other people uh, that do this type of thing to talk about cars uh, to let you know, to inform you as a consumer. So, um, you know, don't, uh, don't, wind up going to a dealer and all of a sudden you go press a button for something and it does, it's not there. It doesn't work. Now I think that they have the capability and I'm, I'm not sure about this. I, I I'm trying to get a hold of somebody uh, at a, uh, at a manufacturer to let me know that, that they can either buy through software or by taking your car back to a dealer, put that a chip in and activate that feature. But the mere fact that right now you're not going to get uh, all of the features that you think you're going to get, uh, possibly, again, this is possibly, it's something to be aware of, something to, uh, it's a question to ask if you feel like you are out there um, uh, and need to buy a new car right now. My advice to you right now is if you need a car that bad, lease right now. 
They're a year or two year or three year lease um, because this will blow over. Part of the problem that the manufacturers have is they work on a very tight supply schedule. They try to get their deliveries to match up to the cars that they're producing at times so they don't have a lot of inventory around. And now they're seeing that that's not a good model when we have these types of global emergencies that happen. So the manufacturers are going to have to sink a ton of money into probably manufacturing their own chips, which is something that, um, you know, is a long and lengthy process, but that the manufacturers are going to have to, I think, consider at some point. So if you're out there and you want to buy a new car, do your homework, beware, shop around. Don't go to the first dealer and they tell you, well, you know, I got to get 3000 over sticker for this or 5000 or whatever it is. And go, okay, well, times are tough. Don't be afraid to travel to buy a new car. The whole thing about the, the fallacy that, well, I got to buy a car from this dealer uh, because uh, I got to get the car serviced is, is bullcrap. They're going to have to service your car no matter where, where you buy it for warranty service. They make money servicing your car. So they don't, half the time, they don't know that you bought the car with that dealer. Not the service department is disconnected from the new car department in so many ways. So if you have to fly down out to Spokane or out to uh, Idaho to buy a car and you're not going to get the, uh, you know, the insanity of the dealer pack on it or, or that, then, then it's probably worth the trip. I'd rather take a nice trip out to Idaho and a nice ride back then spend five grand, six grand, 10 grand over what a car is worth. Now, I'm not saying that the dealers out there aren't doing it too, but I'm saying get online, investigate. Do you do diligence? If you are going to, you should always do it. But especially in this environment that we are in right now, do you do diligence when you're buying a car? In the weeks to come, we're going to talk about the changing model of how you buy a car and would you be better off if you could just buy a car like you buy, you know, go to Amazon and buy a car off of Amazon. Would that model make you feel better? You can do it with used cars because of certain franchise laws in the United States. The uh, manufacturers cannot sell you cars directly except in a couple of uh, areas that flaunt the law, namely Tesla. But the dealer groups are growing larger. There are a number of moves that have happened over the past, um, I don't know, uh, past uh, six or eight months that see these huge groups, dealer groups gobbling up mom and pop stores uh, where the I don't know, let's think about the Larson Group, maybe down in, in Tacoma, family-owned group. Um, those groups may be going away as the larger groups try to go out and buy um, up these small dealerships. And, you you know, the, the personnel may be the same at the dealer. Uh, but the owner of the dealer, and, and I'm not saying Larson's being sold, so Bobby, don't get excited. It's a good family-run operation down there. My friend Bobby Lynn is the sales manager down at the Toyota store, and they do a great job. Uh, Bobby Lynn's a good guy. If you need a Toyota, he's a guy to go see. But how long is a guy like Bobby? Well, Bobby Lynn's going to be okay, but, you know, the Larson's with all of this money being thrown around, they may take their money and cash out and say, see you later. I don't need this aggravation anymore of running a car dealership. So it's something to watch, as we always say. Right, Time now for our Saturday morning cartoon. I know we're running a little late on this, but we go international this week on the Saturday morning cartoon. We bring it to you every week because cars and music go together so well. 
Uh, we go down to Australia. Ah, Australia, home of the Holden. Uh, General Motors, uh, quirky little car company that up until last year still um, uh, produced the Ute, which is uh, a, uh, well, it's like a Santa Cruz. It's a, it's a great little half car, half pickup truck. Well, uh, many years ago, uh, a person down in Australia decided to write a song about holding them in a Holden. And here it is. There you go. Holding you in my Holden. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's from like the 50s in Australia. Uh, I have to ask Nathan, our producer, a question. Nathan, you're a very smart, worldly young man um, who knows many things about many things, right? Yeah, I could say that. Okay. How come when British and Australian people sing, they sound American. I was just thinking that as I heard the show, or not the show, well, I guess the show too, but the song, it's like whenever you hear British and Australian people sing, they lose their accent. Yeah, it's, it's always it's fascinated me from the Beatles and, and the Stones and all the groups that came over in you know, the, the 60s and the 70s and, 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 and 80s and, and even up to you know people like Lily Allen and... and you know, British acts that come over these days, and, and this woman is Australian, but yet she's belting this thing out like she's Rosemary Clooney. Right, and I don't know if you're really familiar with Ed Sheeran's interviews, but if you've ever listened to an Ed Sheeran interview, he sounds really, you know, non-accented when he's singing, but you hear an interview with him on TV or something like that, and he sounds just straight up out of uh, Harry Potter-type heavy British accent. It's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> It's just always amazed me, man, how people, how they, uh, you know, how that happens. It's, it's the, you know, the only other bigger thing in music that amazes me is, uh, you remember, you, you're familiar with Gomer Pyle? Not familiar. Okay, well, there used to be this TV show on called Gomer Pyle, USMC. And it was a spinoff of the Andy Griffith show, and Gomer... Uh, was the gas station attendant in Mayberry, and he went off to the Marine Corps. Jim Neighbors was the guy who played Gomer Pyle, the late Jim Neighbors. And um, he talked like this. Uh, you know, holy <laughs> Sergeant Carter. But, but when he sang, when, you know, I, I mean, I guess they heard him singing in the shower one day or something. Um, you know, there's a great clip on YouTube of this. He would sing like, to dream the impossible dream, to write the unwritable wrong. I mean, you know, he had the, 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 the great operatic voice. And, I, you know, it would always shock me. So how does a guy that talks like this sing like that? So other than that, that's my number one musical mystery of all time. Uh, well, that and... How in the world did Sugar Sugar ever get to number one? Uh, I guess if you ever go foreign traveling and you have uh, trouble understanding someone, just tell them to sing for you. Yeah, just sing it to me. That's all. Just sing it. Well, I think you have to have the English thing going first. I don't think somebody that uh, maybe is well-versed in Urdu, let's say, uh, to pick a language, if you're traveling, uh, I believe, in, uh, in the Middle East, <laughs> if uh, if you say to them, all right, well, sing that to me, uh, they all of a sudden break into um, show tunes. <laughs> and I don't know if that happened. Maybe so. I don't, I don't know. I've never been there. But I'm thinking you have to have the uh, comprehension of English to uh, to start out with. I may be wrong. I'm not always right. Anyway, that was holding me in my holding. Uh, we picked that up. We, You know, I always look around for car songs and Somebody sent that to me and said, Vinny, you ought to hear this. And I heard it and I said, that is the perfect song for our Saturday morning cartoon because it, uh, I don't know, it's just quirky enough. And if you get a chance, you can go on YouTube and find it, see the video uh, that goes along with it. Holden, of course, um, uh, the Australian automaker uh, that has been down there for many, many, many years, uh, kind of... Um, GM kind of folded them up, I think, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, but made some incredible cars. And if you look, if you saw the um, the uh, 
2000 version of the Pontiac GTO, uh, you were looking at a Holden. If you saw a uh, Chevy Caprice police car, the last edition, that was a Holden. And if you saw the um, Chevy SS, not the Impala SS, but the Chevy SS that was around uh, for many years, well, not, too, not many years, five years, I think it was around, uh, back in the 2010s. Um, rear wheel, you know, Australia likes V8 rear wheel drive cars. That's what used to be what was so popular in Australia. Of course, they had a lot of room, a lot of space. They liked to go fast. And uh, the Holdens uh, fulfilled that because they were General Motors cars with all the engineering basically done here in America. They were just, uh, uh, you know, different versions of American cars um, in, in many ways. So that is, uh, that's, that is that. And let's see, we, you know, we, we, we talked about the Santa Cruz uh, earlier in the show, and I know we're up against the wall here, but I will um, quickly do a review on the Santa Cruz for you because I think it's an important vehicle. So, uh, Mr. Producer, you want to hit that uh, road test? The Drive Time Radio Road Test. Every week, Vinny puts another car through its paces and lets you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. And this week, we got a chance to take a look at the 2022 Hyundai Santa Cruz. The Santa Cruz is a uh, car-like pickup truck. It gives you the best of both in a crossover. You have uh, the ability to have the four passengers, five if you squeeze them in, in uh, the, a small car, and a cargo compartment that allows you to put taller objects in with a trunk space in it as well. This is a utility vehicle that has a great interior uh, great car-like qualities, and it proves that you can go out and buy a pickup truck for $45,000 instead of $85,000 that will serve 90% of the needs that you have uh, for a pickup truck. You can load a lot of stuff in there. Some people may say the bed is too small, but I think most things that you're going to have to carry, it's going to serve you well. It is well-powered, well-appointed, a blast to drive and will get you plenty of looks all over the place. The version I tested um, got, uh, I think, about 20 uh, uh, high 20s in mileage. And as I said, clocked in at around uh, $37,000. So if uh, it's one of a kind, go out there. If you can find one and it's not too expensive, check it out. The Hyundai Santa Cruz pickup truck. That's time. That's going to do it. I will see you next week. If the Lord's will and the creek don't rise, thank you to everybody who makes this show work, including Nathan and my good friend Keith Slater, who always makes the wheels turn on Drive Time Radio. See you next week.